Well, good morning, ladies. Good morning, good morning. I'm glad you're here. We're all nice and cozy in here. Everybody have a seat. All right. Well, I'm going to get started because Miss Tanya said, watch your time. I have my, my clock right here. I'm at 9.04, so I don't want to um, take any minutes away from the Lord because we're right at an hour, and I want to wrap it up at 10 o'clock because there's a break time after. So I want you all to have a break and bathroom and kind of get situated. So I'm going to get started, but uh, I'm glad you're here. You all are enjoying the conference so far? Yes, me too. It's always a great time to set aside time to talk about the Lord, what he's doing, and all about him. It's really not about us. I mean, it's fun to be about us, but it's not about him. I mean, it's not about us, okay? It's not about us. It's about him. So for those of you who might not know me, my name is Sarah Aloisio. I've been part of this great church since the church began in 1980. 39 years ago. So I've had lots of years of great ministry opportunities. Uh, I've learned, I've, I've grown under uh, uh, Brother Francis and Miss Babs and, and Pastor Todd and Miss Tanya and had lots of opportunities working in different legs of the ministry uh, school for a long stretch of time and, and uh, you know, just, just doing different things. So I'm blessed. I'm blessed. But my assignment today is to encourage you in the workplace. And really, that's in our daily journey in life. It's just not, you know, uh, working. But uh, I love this theme uh, this weekend, awaken, arise, and activate. Those are powerful, powerful words. Um, in studying for this message, I had to look, how many years have I been working? I was 13, got a job at a grocery store across the street from the house. And, you know, in, in those days, I grew up in Chicago. I'm not a Cajun, so you won't see me eating crawfish this afternoon. <laughs> Glad this is on audio, but oh my gosh. Uh, anyway, so um, but um, so it's been uh, you know like forty nine years for me. So it's a long time. I've learned um, uh, what not to do. Uh, God has been good to tell me what to do, how to do it, and that's what I want to share uh, with you. So uh, let's just stop and pray, and we'll, we'll just ask Lord to be with us this morning. Father God, thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord, that it's uh, a time about you to be refreshed um, uh, with you. In your presence, Lord, is where it happens. That's the only place in this universe where it happens is being with you. So come be with us this morning, Lord, for the rest of our day. Amen. All right, I'm going to start off with a couple of scriptures, and forgive me, the teacher in me, um, I always um, say it twice because I always wanted the students to get what I was talking about. So Proverbs 12, 25, Proverbs 12 and 25 says this, anxious hearts are very heavy, but a word of encouragement does wonders. Amen. We know that to be true. Uh, another scripture, Psalm 27, 4, Psalm 27, 4. The one thing I want from God, the thing I seek most of all, is the privilege of meditating in his temple, living in his presence every day of my life, delighting in his incomparable perfections and glory. There I'll be when trouble comes. He will hide me. He will set me on a high rock out of the reach of all of my enemies. That word all is very, very important in scripture. Then I will bring him sacrifices and sing his praises with much joy. This is the delightful place that God wants to bring us to, but he wants us to stay there as long as we can. And when we wander from it, he brings us back there because of his mercy. Even though this morning we're talking about the workplace specifically, I think this is where we need to work on staying in our Christian walk 
because our seasons will change. I want to share some things that, that, like I said, God has taught me over the years. I know that things, these things work. They have brought um, guaranteed um, peace with God because they came from the word. They came out of his word. And that's what I want to share with you. Even before the fall, Adam had an assignment to tend to the garden. Everything was perfect before the fall, but his assignment was to tend and take care of that garden. That was his job. The concept of working is, has been very important since the beginning, beginning of time on this earth. God knows that working is good for us, whether at a job outside the house or a stay-at-home mom. I've done both. Both are a lot of work. Amen? But let's focus on, of course, working outside of the home where you have to get up, go to uh, a job. I'm going to... Come in. <laughs> I'm going to focus on four areas, and uh, I wish I could elaborate uh, for an hour on each one, but for sake, uh, sake of time, I can't. So I'm going to start with um, each one, and then I'll let you know when I shift it over. Uh, we need things that are secure in life. You know, you would agree. Things that are stable, things that are true, things that are for sure and certain. I, I know I do. I want to know what, where, you know, with this podium this morning. Okay, Mr. James was so kind. And, and I said, okay, you're going to turn that? I said, it's not going to fall on me. I, I need it to stay. I, I need it to be stabilized. Oh, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. Okay, those, we need those things in life. Anything else is not enough. God's instructions and advice in the word are what makes these things attainable for us. We can have these things in the Lord. They're in him. Okay, they're in him because he's enough. He's the, he's the all, he's the enough. You know, um, you have to let the word of God be your stabilizer and your place of peace. Um, as believers, we can make this happen. We can cultivate this in our lives. And, and when we do, it creates movement. It activates our spirit towards the things of God. Now, it's never too late to start any habit in life. So if I'm talking about these things, you're like, oh, I don't, I'm not good at that or whatever. Don't worry about that. You can always start a new habit in life. Okay, if you read it in the Bible, if it's in the word of God, it will be positive and it will be right in your life. We need to work and develop our mindset for our daily work, wherever that is, outside your home, using all the components and elements necessary to make it work and be active. Because God set it up that way. We have all of his instructions that we need. Now, no one can do this part for you or for me. We have to do it ourselves. This discipline that I'm talking about this morning, you have to do this. Nobody can do it for you. But it's right here. The directions are right here. They're clear directions. They're guaranteed directions. That's why the word of God just ignites my soul because... I have the directions. You ever went some, you ever go somewhere and, and somebody gives you directions and you leave and you go, okay, now wait, what? I don't like that. I'm like, no, I got, I want to talk to somebody who knows. Okay. Open the door and sit to the right. Got it. Not a problem. It could be easy. Just need to know that it's clear and you need to know that it's right. Okay. The word of God brings us the clarity. He brings us the right. God wants us to awaken to arise and to activate our spirits to move with him so that we can be productive in whatever it is we're going to do. Not just to get up, get dressed, and exist. That's not what he wants. He wants more. How do we do things in our personal life? How do we do things at home? 
We're going to do them the same way in the workplace. You're going to do you wherever you go. So we need to improve us. Don't you want to improve? I'm a lot older than, than some of you. Some of you may be a little bit older than me, but I've been, I've been walking a, a, a long time, so I could tell you, don't do that. I'll tell you what not to do. But I want to know what God says to do. So we need discipline to start our day every day. We need a plan, but we need God's plan. I'm a planner. How many of y'all are a planner? You say, okay, I'm a, I'm a writer. Women are, we plan things, and there's nothing wrong with that. But God has got to be in the center of it because if he's not, you will, you will execute your plan. And God can stand on the side and go, okay, that's good, Shaq. Uh, anytime, I'm going to let you know what, what I needed you to do today. I don't, you don't want to miss it, okay? Because his way is guaranteed to work. Okay, Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for evil. I want that. To give you a future and a hope. I want that. We need hope in our life. Okay, now, first category, prayer. Praying in the morning. I remind myself often with these words. Scripture has life to it. So you need to start your day with prayer. You could read and you read it out loud if you can. And you begin to read. You're like, oh, my goodness. You ever, the, the, the stories in, in, in the, uh, the, the, the miracles and the stories and the, you know, the, the uh, words of the Lord, they have life to them. You ever heard somebody say that I was reading it just came off the page? Okay. That's what I'm talking about. So why would you not go there? You see, you need to, you need to have that life generating as you start your day. Okay. Now, whether you feel like it or not is never going to be the question. Okay. So don't say, oh, you know, I didn't feel like it. Don't do that. Don't even ask yourself the question. When you say, say, shh, self, you be quiet. It has nothing to do with you, self. Get in the back seat of the car, and you might have to uh, maybe have a tussle. I hope you don't have a fist fight with, with self. Put her in the back seat. Takes discipline, okay? But when you spend time here, it becomes easier. We just need to do what we know is right because it's the right thing to do. Have a plan as to how you will meet God in the morning. Okay, where in the word are you going? Uh, where where in the word will you read? What Bible will you use? I have several different Bibles, and and I say, well, okay, Lord, which one? Okay, get a plan. If it's a devotional, maybe somebody just blessed you with a devotional. Okay, you say, oh, I like that that beige one that I got with that pretty ribbon. Okay, tomorrow it's going to be there. Find out is it going to be in the middle? Is it going to be on the day of whatever the date is? Is it going to be at the beginning? Get a plan. You might go, well, I just get there when I get there. Don't wing it. God does not wing it with us. So we don't need to wing it with him. Okay? Where will you begin in your Bible? If you go, I just got saved. I just got a Bible. Start in the first page. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Oh, my God. I could teach on that for about an hour. In the beginning, he created it all. So you see, there's, there's, there's always a good place with God. Get a plan so that you're already in motion. When your plan is already in, set in, in, you're already in motion before you're even starting. Okay. In the prayer of the Our Father, it says, Give us this day our daily bread. We need to direct ourselves in the direction of maturing in God. Okay. That's, that's his, that's goal. Big picture. God always has a big picture. God gave people, uh, his people manna when they were in the desert. You know the story. Every day they received their portion. It didn't fall from the sky weekly or monthly. It was daily, and y'all, it fell from the sky. 
I mean, think about that for just a moment. It's because God wants us to, he wants to be able to lead us daily. That's what he teaches us in his word. All the nutrients they needed came from the sky. He fed his people for years in the desert. And then he told them, collect only what you need, because if you get more, it's going to rot. So you can't say, well, I'm going to grab in a little bit of something for later, a little snack for later. No, because he said, I am your daily bread and I'm enough. You see, even if you're running late in the morning, it's better to just read one line. It's not ideal, but, but, but read it. It's because it's going to permeate in your spirit for the whole day. Then that it, that's better than to say, oh, I just don't have time for this devotion this morning. And you close it and you go because you're going to have those days. So I say, oh, you know, bless God. I won't have that. Oh, yeah, you will. Oh, yeah, you, you might have a lot of those. So you need to know what are you going to do when you get there? Okay. Take a quick picture of the scripture. Our phones, quick deals. Take a, take a picture of the paragraph. You're going to have to slow down and get to the water fountain or the or the uh, uh, coffee pot or, or your lunch or something. Then eat. Okay? So you, you're looking at it during the day. Remember, God's word is living. So that means it will bring life to your spirit when you read it. It's imperative that you see it and that you read it. We have, we have, um, we have to allow our spirit to digest our portion for each day as believers. You can always come back later and, and, um, ponder on it and finish it up because the next day you're going to need more. You're not, why would you have yesterday's bread? God says, my word is new every day, every day. My mercies are new every day. Okay. He just needs us to do our part. Don't starve yourself to the next day. If you didn't finish your sandwich for lunch, would you say, I'll say, save it uh, for, for tomorrow. Well, no, you want a fresh sandwich the next day. Okay. So if you, you have to work on disciplining yourself in the small things. The small things become habits, okay? But look, if you don't, you go, oh, man, I can't get that part. I can't get that part. Don't get into condemnation because the enemy is right there. You see, you don't know how to do that anyway. You're never going to have time. Are you crazy? You have to go across time? And he's going to, yep, 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 yep. Like that little chihuahua and the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Y'all know the story? And, and it was like, oh, as a child, I was like, oh. and then the little dog, and the dog pulls the curtain. Way, and he's a little yapping chihuahua, and the, and the guy sitting behind the, the, the mechanics going, oh, that's what the enemy is when he's yapping in your ear. So you say, I'm not listening to you. What does this word say? Meet me every day. I will give you the blessings. I will give you the instruction of it. Lord, I'm listening to you. Help me, Lord. I need you. Help me, Lord. And you see, you draw, that's cl drawing closer to him. Don't feel like you got to sit, I got to, you know, kneel on rice and get a dissertation before God. No. No, but the enemy will say, well, you're not measuring up. It's not true, y'all. It's not true. It's a lie. It's a lie of the enemy. Okay, if devotion time is not a habit, strive to make this time a habit, allowing the Holy Spirit to help you discipline yourself so that it can happen. A big part of giving your best in the workplace is having everything that you need ready for the next day. Okay, so for your children, and we refer to, uh, I always refer to children because that's what I did for so long. You know, we trained them uh, to, to, um, to know God, but also um, they would come in the morning and if they didn't have their uh, packed things and, um, you know, they, you, you never know. I would tell them, you never know what's going to happen. So have your stuff ready. Ha have your, have your, I used to say, have your business right. Miss Denise is here. I don't know if, if Miss Duyon's in here, but we would say, 
get your business straight. Did you take care of your business? Because that's your business. That's your job. Well, I'm only seven. That's your job, sweetie. That's your job. You're coming. One day you're going to have a job. Right now you have school, and that's your business. So you take care of your business. Take care of your stuff, okay? This will take discipline, but it always be to your advantage. That will give you those extra few minutes in the morning for your God time. Don't ever underestimate the power of your prayer time in the morning. Don't ever underestimate it. The enemy does not want you to have that because then he's got the game plan for your day, okay? Like I said, I worked at school for many years, and the children would come in late. They would forget things or, or you know, leave things at home. It happens, okay? That's just life. We're not perfect. We're not going to do it perfectly. And they would be so unfocused to start their day. We took these times and we told them how the little things preparing the night before would help them to start over, to start the day. And uh, we would, you know, certainly encourage mom and dad, but we would, mom and dad, encourage them to do it. And I have the example here. Um, in, in, in our uh, Christian school, they had to wear uniforms. Well, they had to wear a belt. And I can't tell you how many little boys said, I forgot my belt. I forgot my belt. And I thought, okay, well, what does it look like? Okay. So where did you put it? Um, um, and I thought, well, when you took it off, where did you put it? I don't know. I just like, well, they probably flung it across the room. So I thought, well, it might be, I'm going to look under my bed or whatever. I'm going to look in the back of the car. So then we would tell them this, look, take your belt, roll it up. Can you roll your belt? Oh, yes, ma'am. Roll it up and put it in your shoes. And they go, my shoes? I said, put it in your shoes because you need both of your shoes. I said, don't come to school with one shoe. Put your shoes on tomorrow and put your belt in your shoes. So for a while, they come in and then, you know, okay, got your belt. And put a little sticky note, ask little so-and-so, let me say. And then I said, I don't, we don't have to have a conversation. When I just point, you're going to show me your belt, and I'm going to look for you in the morning. And sure enough, they, okay, great. Where was it? I put it in my shoe. All right, come on now, let's go. Put it in your shoe. And the parents would say, they put it in their shoe. I, I told them to hang it up on their belt loop. Mom, whatever works. They're, they're learning to discipline. Whatever works, okay? So that's the same with us. You prepare your bag. You say, okay, I'm going to have coffee. Okay, I'm going to want this flavored. Oh, look, a little breakfast blend. Okay, I'm going to put it right there. My spoon. Okay, you're going to have some oatmeal. All right, get your bowl. Put your, put your, uh, put your spoon over there and your bag. What, what you going to wear? I don't figure out in the morning. No, no. That's how you discipline yourself. You say, oh, I'm an early bird. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to have enough time. Don't do that. Discipline yourself and rein it in and put it in order because you're going to have those days where you go, oh, I forgot this. I forgot that. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Okay, so you don't set yourself up for perfection. You set yourself up for a more disciplined life. Okay? All right, that's prayer. Now, let me move into the area of worship. Before or after praying, driving in your car, put a song of praise and worship on as you get ready for your day, whether it's when you get dressed or as you're driving. It only takes one song. It only takes one sentence. It only takes one word from the Lord to, to turn your life around. Okay? So, and it sets your mind and your heart in the right place. We have to drive to work. Yesterday, Miss Tanya said she only has five minutes to, to get to work. I'm real close, too. So, sometimes I say, oh, I'm going to go around the block. Oh, i got to hear that song again. Lord, Jesus. Jesus. I need to hear that again. I love worship. I can't sing. Uh, but I'm telling you, it just does something to you because it comes from within. It helps to stabilize your thoughts. 
If you if you can't uh, if you can't you know do that, say I don't have time. Well, well, remember the worship song that you heard at church the Sunday before. Okay, just sing it in your soul. The words of worship are big; they're mighty. That's why we do praise and worship before the word is preached. It changes things. You'll feel different about your day if you put worship on. Okay, um, and that's what that's what we need to do before we we go to work. Now you say, well, okay, I have a minute. I'm just going to go to my car for a second. I always go to worship because if I if I'm overwhelmed with thoughts or I have to do this this, I think, oh Lord, help me, Jesus. Okay, well that helps too. You know, that helps. But when I put that CD in, oh man, a warm blanket, a warm blanket on a cold day. Or a, or a cold glass of tea on a hot day. That's what it does, okay? Revelation 4.11. Revelation 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. Look at what it says. The 24 elders fell down and worshiped the one who lives forever and ever, and they lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created everything, and it is for your pleasure that they exist and were created. Singing that, just thinking that, and singing that with your own voice invites the presence of God in your, in your circle. In, in your being. You could be at the grocery store. You could be in the car. You could be in the shower. You can be in the bathroom. It doesn't matter where. So when you're in that time, ladies, invite him in. Invite him in. Bring in the presence of God. Okay? Some people say, well, that's going to be the pastor and the elders and the... No, that's you. That's us. That's us. God lives within us. So he says, I'm right here. I'm right here. We were created to worship God, him, and no one else. This is where we begin. We create the atmosphere. So you you begin to pray. You begin to worship. You set yourself up. You set your day up for the presence of God to be with us so that we can be encouraged. We need this part of our daily bread. Doing it on Sundays at church is awesome, awesome. But doing it every day is what God wants to create in our life. The Word of God says... In his presence, there is fullness of joy. That word fullness doesn't mean in in the presence of God, you're going to feel really, really good, sister. In the presence of God, you're going to kind of sort of feel, no, the fullness, full circle of his joy. Now, would we want that before we start our day? That's what we're going to strive for. Amen? Okay, another scripture. 2 Chronicles 20, 21. 2 Chronicles 20 and 21. After consulting the leaders of the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army. This is like the coolest. This gives me goosebumps. Singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. That's what they sang, okay? When the battle was going on, God told them to send the worshipers out first. Does that sound natural? No. It's a supernatural happening because God has anointed worship because worship brings his presence to us. He didn't put the, he, he didn't say put the, the, the mightiest warriors and the best spear throwers in the front, or, or maybe say today, put your heavy military tanks out or that you're the heaviest arsenal equipment. Let them go first. He said, put the worshipers, put the songs of worshipers out in front. You know why? Because in the spirit, praise and worship is the mighty weapon. Okay, this is why it's done in church first, 
before the preaching. It ushers in the word of God and God puts things in place. And in that story in second Chronicles, I wish I could read the whole story to you, but go back and read it yourself. And it says, God caused a fight when, when the, when the praise started happening, God caused a fight, uh, the, the, uh, the, the people to fight amongst themselves because there was a spirit of confusion that came over the crowd. And they go, they didn't know what they were doing. When I read that story, I think, wow, do you think God could put your enemies underfoot? He teaches us how to speak it into existence, but you think he can do it? And when you're in a, in a, in a war, in a war zone in life, do you think God can handle it? But when I go read that and I worship, Oh man, I'm, I'm believe it. That unbelief is going to be the little chihuahua behind the curtain. Yep, 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 yep. That's what unbelief does. And it zaps you. It zaps you of your fullness with God. So be careful. Be careful. Another, um, another scripture, Zechariah 4 6. It says, Not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. You will succeed because of my Spirit, though you are few and weak. You ever felt few just by yourself and very, very weak? Oh, God. Oh, God. And that's our prayer. Do you know that that's a prayer to God? And that's what he wants us to do. But go slip that CD in of that worship song. And you start pacing. And you say, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Wait a minute. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. And all of a sudden, here comes the presence of God. You're not so weak anymore. Doesn't matter. You're not by yourself. God says, I'm with you forever until the ends of the earth. Okay? It's like putting combat boots on for the trip, for the to, to prepare for a fight or on a journey. If you had to walk or run over some gravel rocks, you wouldn't do it barefoot, but you surely could do it if you had the, your sturdy shoes on or a pair of boots. Combat boots enables a soldier to continue moving, walking out of danger to safety. And that's why it's so important. The military, they have combat boots and they have them laced up. They do it a certain way. And people will, will say, uh, I remember the, there was a show and there was one line in the show. I, I don't really care for the shoot 'em up type of, you know, movies, but I remember this one line in the show in the, in the movie and it's, and they were all concerned and they said, where soldier so-and-so? And they said, okay, we spot him. And they were, you know, the ultra night lights. And they say, and, and the commander said, does he have his boots on? That just said, what? why did he say that? Why did he say that? Because he was, a, he could move himself from one place to the other out of danger. If he had his boots on, doesn't matter if he was on rocks or gravel or muddy waters or, oh man, that really spoke to me. That was such a great analogy. We're soldiers in God's army too. We need the right stuff to start our day. So again, never, never, never underestimate the power of worship and singing to God to start your day. The next area, thankfulness. We need to cultivate and work in having a thankful heart. And you might say, well, you know, as Christians, we have a thankful heart. Not, not necessarily true all the time. Being thankful leads us to be grateful. And watch the progression here. Gratefulness leads us to kindness. There's a song. I, I, I love, I love music. It's just music part of my life. I can't sing. Mr. Nathan always invited me. I said, no, I'm not, I can't sing. I, and I said, well, okay, I'll come do it. And then you, you mute the mic and we laugh. He goes, we're going to do it. I said, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So, um, there's a song that says your kindness leads me to repentance. Your mercy draws me to your side. Your goodness calls me to be like you. 
Okay. Your kindness leads me to repentance. That's why as a believer, you don't have to go and preach and, and, you know, God will give you words. God will give you encouragement for somebody, but all you need to do is be kind. And, and that could draw somebody to the heart of God, kindness, his kindness, his, not us. We're being kind. He uses us. He works through our hands, our feet, our words. Um, but it's by the spirit of God that we're drawn to the heart of God. And see, big, big picture. Uh, this is what God does. This is what he does. This is what he uses Christians. This is what he uses us to do. He starts with us and then it goes out to other people. It's, it's, um, all the good things that we have and we have a word and we say, Oh, I was so fired up. I was so encouraged or whatever. Yes, that's good because God fills your cup, but the overflow y'all is for somebody else. It's never for you. So, so we, we, we got all selfish. You know, we're, we're just, we're human. We're human, but it's not about us. It's not for us. It's for somebody else. You just get the benefit being there and being and being filled. This is a plan of God to mature us in the spirit. So we need this in our daily walk. It will help us to be the best that we can in any workplace Whoops, that we go to. Philippians 4, 8. Philippians 4 and 8 says, And now, brothers, as I close this letter, let me say this one more thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and good and right. That's pretty clear, okay? Think about things that are pure and lovely and dwell on the fine good things in others. That's a lot of great direction right there, okay? Very, very simple. You know, you're in a situation, you go, oh, yeah, but you know, oh my gosh, and then, and you're like, oh, I know, no, but I'm kind of worried about that. Don't we do that? I do that. I don't do that. I know y'all do that. Okay. <laughs> and when I get like that, I feel my heart racing. I'm like, oh, hold up, hold up. Settle your spirit down. Settle your spirit down. The way, the way I know to settle my spirit down is to say, oh Lord, oh Lord. And I pick up the word and I read, go to the Psalms. Psalms is soothing. It's a rejoicing. It's a praising and, and, and giving uh, thankfulness to God. Proverbs is full, full, full of wisdom. The Bible is everything that you need. You want to know about what to do about something and have wisdom? Read the book of Proverbs. Read a proverb every day, every day until you get through it and then start again. And then do that until God takes you home. Okay. That's what I know to do. That is a guarantee. Because we don't know everything. We think we know everything. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know everything. Okay? And be careful with that because the enemy says, women, I don't know how to do it. Yeah. No, we need, we need to have to rely on God and he shows us how to, how to do it. Everything has to be in balance. Think about all you can praise God for and be glad about it. That's the end of that scripture. The word all is so very significant. Think about all you can praise God for. We used to say in school, we don't have enough paper and pencils in this whole place to write down all the good things. When we would see, um, you know, children maybe being insensitive to one another. And um, I thought, Lord, uh, this is a great lesson. Teach them thankfulness and say, well, come see. Uh, what were you thankful? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, all right. Bring your spirit down. Think about it. What are you grateful? Did you have breakfast? Mm-hmm. What did you have? Oh, I had, you know, uh, pancakes or eggs. Really? Well, aren't you a blessed little soul? And you have shoes on. Do, do you work? Do you have a job? We would ask them. And they would say, I work, you know. I'd say, oh, well, then somebody 
went to work and got money and then went to the store and bought you those nice shoes. And, and you, did you come to uh, a school today? It was, um, it was raining today. Uh, you, your hair's not all wet. Oh no. My mama brought me under the, uh, under the breezeway, under the umbrella. Oh, aren't you blessed? Aren't you blessed? And then, and they go, yeah. And then, and then, and then give it to them. And then they go, oh, and then, and then this, and then and I got a little brother. I got a baby sister. Oh my gosh, you're blessed. You're blessed. Have them do that to your children, but we need to do it to ourselves. You see? And he says, think about all you can praise God for and be glad about it. And, and you go, oh man, oh, it's so cold. Oh, I got this warm jacket. I'm so glad. And say that. Tell them, say, you need to be glad. Okay. Just that will keep us thinking a long time. This is God's advice and instruction to us. This is why reading the word of God every day is so important. This is how we keep our focus and stay stabilized. Doing it daily, we get better at it. Just a little tip. I don't know if you ever had the opportunity to read the Bible through in a year. And you, and I remember years ago and I thought, the whole Bible, it's this thick. How could you read that? Like, you know, and I, I, I didn't know. And uh, somebody said, look, uh, you need to get this Bible, uh, and and I still have it. It's all worn out, but I love it. The one-year Bible, and every day, January 1st, you read uh, like a page and a page and a page and a page, and then it ends in a Proverbs. It's the coolest thing, and then you turn a page, and okay, that's for January 2nd, and then you just, and then I used to say, oh, where's December? Well, hold on, don't, because <laughs> I'm going. I'm like, well, what's the next thing? We, we got it, and the Lord's like, uh, I'm, I'm not going to feed you your daily bread at the end of the month because your man is falling from heaven today. Take it today and calm yourself. My mom used to say, calm, <laughs> calm, calm yourself. Okay. Don't, don't get, you can't get in a hurry with God. I tend to move really fast. I didn't grow up in South Louisiana. I grew up in Chicago. So everything was fast. We took the subway to school. Let's go. Move out the way. Move. You see? And I had to learn that that's, that was a real struggle. I still, uh, has still struggle with it even today. But when, when I read through it and then you say, okay, you read it and you go, okay, the car, the car keys. Hold on, hold on. Grab your thoughts and recapture them. Say, okay, wait, because you don't want to read and go, no, wait, now what? Because it's clear. It's clear in there. So we have to slow our minds down. And if you read it, it doesn't, doesn't hurt to read it out loud so that, so that your spirit can hear it. Your ears need to hear it, and it permeates in your spirit. We need to be thankful and, and, and to give thanks with a grateful heart. Uh, you know, when, when kids would say something and, and um, uh, would say, okay, now, you know, you need to be, yeah, yes, I'm thankful, I'm thankful. Okay, hmm, maybe, maybe there. They could think about it later. But, but then when somebody says, I am so thankful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You know when somebody tells you something and they're like really, really thankful, and you're like, no, 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 good. That's, good. That's the grace of God. But he says to do it like that, okay? So uh, never forget what God has done for you. There's so many things that we can be thankful for. The fact that we know God, that we're spending time on a Saturday to hear the things of the gospel and about the Lord on a Saturday morning. Um, think about the Red Sea. I love the miracles in the, in the Bible. They're so awesome. Um, as long as I've been reading them for over 40 years, they never get old. They never get old. I think of the uh, parting of the Red Sea and, you know, the people went through, you know, the story where they went through the Red Sea, which was super miraculous. They get to the other side and it wasn't long before they sinned against God. They forgot him. So, so be careful, be careful because we tend to judge people and, and they have great things and they serve in God. And all of a sudden, you know, they fall in a ditch and you're like, oh, I'm, uh, what? 
you know, and, and, and we do that. But the people of God did that. The Israelites did that many, many years ago. And it's an issue of the heart, y'all. It's not a matter of, oh, they didn't have too much Bible. They didn't have the right whatever. It was an issue of the heart. That's our hearts. So we have to watch and, and guard our hearts because uh, we will get, if we're not thankful and we're not grateful, we get haughty. And, and God says, oh, you know, oh, no, you know, so-and-so is not like that or whatever. You get haughty because the word of God says that we do. That's how I know that'll happen. And I, I like it when Miss Babs was sharing a, um, a couple of uh, um, uh, months ago when um, Brother Francis went to be with the Lord and she would say, he was so good. And he'd say, check your heart, check your attitude. And, and uh, he was so kind and so merciful. And she would say, yeah, then I'd have to repent. And yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Because, because we get fired up as women. That's what we do. Okay. But to keep us stabilized, we need to stay thankful. We need to do this every day and teach it to your children. They will do it so well because children are automatically sincere. They have not been tainted by the world and all the stuff and stuff that we pick up along the way. But God is good. He doesn't say, I'm going to save you. And then about 40 or 50, I'm going to drop kick you and I'll catch you on the other side of heaven. <laughs> okay. He says, I'll be with you to the ends of the earth. That means he's going to be with us because we're not going to get it right. But he wants us to mature us. He wants us to get it better than what we have it today. Okay. Another scripture, Proverbs 17, 22. Proverbs 17, 22. A cheerful heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit makes one sick. Okay, another version says, a cheerful heart is a good medicine, but a broken spirit zaps a person's strength. You ever been there? I've been there where you're like, well, I, 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 don't, know, I don't know what, I don't know what's next. But all, all I need to do, all I need to do is get right here. All I need to do is get in that place where let God permeate and let him, let him fill you up. If you say, Oh, you don't know what I'm dealing with this and that life and this in life. Well, even more so you can't rob yourself. You can't starve yourself spiritually. You have got to get in a place where you have this and your worship every single day. Never, never, never underestimate the power of being thankful. The last category or the last area I want to speak on praying for others. God wants us to cultivate compassion for others. When they need help, uh, when they need prayer, when they need a kind word, when somebody just needs some water, anything, the word of God tells us that Jesus was moved with compassion on the crowds, and then he did something. He made a move, and something happened. Every time God moved, something happened. Okay, so we start our day and say, Lord, I'm, Lord, I'm going to move in this direction and I'm, I'm going to allow you, I'm going to get out of the way and I'm going to allow you to make something happen. The story of the loaves and the fish, I wish I had time to, to read it because as I read it, I like to emphasize and I watch the punctuation and when you see that exclamation point, that means to me, that means as a former teacher, like for real, you see an exclamation point on a page, I mean it, for real. Okay, so watch the punctuation while you're reading in the word. Well, anyway, the story of the loaves and the fish, Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 14, Matthew chapter 14, it starts with verse 14 and it goes to about 21, but you got to read it. You got to read it. But let me just recap. It talks about the compassion of the Lord and it says God had compassion on the crowd. Another version, I like to read different versions. It said he had pity on the crowds. And then uh, it, it says, he says, 
uh, the Lord said, you feed them. He told he told the disciples, it, Jesus is standing right there with the crowd, the disciples are looking at him. Of course they would if Jesus was standing there. He's How would they do it? And he said, you feed them, he tells them. You know why? When you read that, it's because Jesus was telling them, you do it. I've given you everything you need to accomplish it. I know I'm right here, but you can do it. But you see, they're only human. So he says, well, we have five loaves and two fish. So he gets it from the little boy. You know the story. And I love this part. He says, sit the people down. He had them sit in the grass. Another version says he set them in groups. Oh, I love that order. God, put, He told him, he said, put them in groups. Put them in groups. Okay. And then, and then he said they all ate, A-L-L, all of them ate till they were full. Okay. You ever had just like a little taste and you're like, oh, oh, no more. Okay. God doesn't give you a little bit. He doesn't let you walk away having a little bit. We walk away with a little bit. But he says, if you stay here with me, I will fill you and I'll give you your fullness. They ate until they, until they had as much as they wanted. And then there were leftovers. I love that part. He had 12 baskets of leftovers. Okay, now, if you go back and read, it said that there were 5,000 men that were fed. 5,000 men, three zeros, plus women and children. Now, that's a huge crowd. You know why everything was done that day? Because he is our enough. He's enough. When we feed on his word, when we feed on his presence, he brings us our enough. When we hear of others' misfortunes, we're talking about praying for others, we should stop and pray, like like for real, like, oh, man, that's, oh, that's bad. Oh, that's, you heard what happened? Oh, my goodness, that's bad. Stop and say, Lord, bless them. You don't need a dissertation and, and a 14-page prayer because the enemy will lie to you and say, you, you're not praying. you just uh, just this little short little prayer. You know, we need to stop and pray. Okay, you're on the road, you see an ambulance, you see an accident or whatever. Somebody in the in the grocery store and the baby's crying. Oh, Lord, bless that baby. Bless that baby. Mama's she's trying to tend to the, the four-year-old and the seven-year-old and the baby's crying. Just bless them. Just bless them. Feel for them like as if it happened to you or your family member. This teaches us and keeps us from... Ha- um, keeps us having a tender heart and soft heart toward others, like the Lord does for us. The Lord is merciful to us. When people make mistakes, when they fall, the Lord is merciful. He says, come unto me, those of you that are heavy laden. And, and, and be careful because us ladies, ladies, we are something, we are something else. Okay? You got to be careful. Got to be careful what, 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 how we are. Okay? Kindness. It, we need to. We need to walk in kindness. This is the direction that God moves us in when we follow Him. Never, never, never underestimate the power of praying for others. Let me give you another scripture. Psalm one hundred seven twenty eight. Checking our time here. Psalm one hundred seven twenty eight. I have so many favorites, but I love love this one. It says, "Then they cry to the Lord in their trouble." You ever cried out to the Lord in your trouble, and He saves them? Yes, Lord. He calms the storm. And he stills the waves. What a blessing is that stillness as he brings them safely into the harbor. We used to teach this to children all the time. I don't know if you've ever been in a boat when there's a storm coming or when a storm's brewing. There it is. And that would scare me to death. Well, I was, I remember being in the storm and I thought, get me to shore. 
fly me, do something, but get me out of this water. And I remember that feeling of going, there's nobody here that can help me. And I, oh, hold on. You are a believer. Get it together. So I don't mind saying that because we, we try to be all dignified, like, oh, no, I walk with the Lord. And I'm just, <laughs> Stop it. You're going to have days where you lose your mind. And you go, oh, my God. Okay? You're going to have those days. So let's just be honest. When they come, you need your stabilizers. Where are you going to reach? You need to reach for the stabilizers in the word. That's why it's important that you read it because it's going to come out of your spirit. And you go, I don't have my book. I don't have my Bible in front of me, but oh, thank you, Lord. You were with me always until the ends of the earth. And that, that song, the song, uh, the, um, they did it so beautifully, uh, Miss Canetra and, and them, um, uh, sing a hallelujah. Oh, my favorite in the whole world. I have favorites upon favorites and a sing. And, and I, I want that to, to, to be there because I'm going to reach for that. Because that's going to be the only thing that's going to help me. You're going to reach for something that's going to help you. If you don't know how to swim, you're going to reach, you're going to have that, that life jacket on. You're not going to reach for your, you know, your sandwich and your, and your soda water. That's not going to help you. Okay. You're going to reach for the things that, that are guaranteed to be the stabilizers in your life. So he brings us safely into the harbor. We want to be prepared to do our job the best that we can to be in a position to be used of God. We need to know how to be awakened, to arise, and to activate everywhere we are. And right now, if we're in the workplace, because that's our season, then it needs to be there, where we spend most of our time. This way, we can accomplish what God is leading our spirit to do. Uh, we can have opportunities to minister to others. You never, never, never know when you have an opportunity to minister to somebody. You just don't know. It could be something so kind as handing somebody a, a cup of water. And they're they'll come back to you and say, you remember when you gave me that cup of water? And you're like, yeah, kind of barely. You don't know what that did to me that day. And you're like, oh, what does that do to you? I know what it does to me. You're like, oh, man, Lord, you could have picked anybody. And, and I, I happen to pick up that styrofoam cup. Oh, Lord, I want another opportunity like that. Because it's his business. Okay, he's doing it. Here on this earth is all for him what we do anyway. Anyway, it's big, big, big picture. We get settled in, this is happening, and this is happening, and, and our nose is real, real, real close. You ever get your nose real, real close to something? You, you, can, you can't see. You can't even see what the business is. And then you get far away, and you take a step back, okay? Let God, let God help you to step back. Uh, I know he's just, uh, you know, he, he's, he, he does that for me often, like, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm right here. I'm fixing to close and wrap it up. Keep checking my time. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Lord. I have just enough time. I want to share uh, a testimony. And uh, just real quick, it's um, not a long story, but and, and then we'll pray, and then we'll, we'll finish up. Because I want to give you time to go on the break or whatever. But uh, I have a younger daughter, and I have an older daughter. And my oldest daughter, it's about more than two years ago, uh, she and her... Um, they were almost fiancés. They were fixing to be engaged. And he uh, grew up on uh, in the country on a farm, has been around animals, around horses, has ridden horses, very familiar with horses, and he's just a horse guy. And um, I was with my youngest daughter, and we were driving back from 
Arizona. My son lives in Arizona. And we were driving, and we put in about eight hours, and we had about four left. We were on the other side of Houston, and uh, I was tired. I, I don't do well in a car. I'm not 20 years old anymore, so I'm like, oh, okay. You're okay, huh, baby? <laughs> Call me if you need. <laughs> I'm not driving, right? I said, Mom, just go to sleep. It's okay. I'm going to get some coffee. So we, we thought we were okay, but I was, you know, you get tired, and then you get beyond tired. I was there in that place. Well, we're driving along. My oldest daughter calls. Her voice is frantic. You, you know your kid's voice when they go, hello, mom. You know, how many are moms in here? You know, you, you know your child's voice. And, and I, I jumped up in that seat. Baby, what's the matter? What's the matter? And she, mom, mom. And she began to cry. Baby, what's going on? Tell me. Well, come to find out that her uh, fiance, my great son-in-law that I have, he was in a horse accident. He got on the horse business as usual. Well, the horse began to gallop and gallop and gallop, and it's, it was spooked. Big, huge horse, probably the one big of the horses they have. They, he was muscular, for just his face. Horses are muscular anyway. It's a huge horse. And he had him on back. He didn't have a saddle on him, and they, they were used to uh, riding bareback. Well, the horse began to, um, uh, you know, accelerate speed and began to run and run and run, and then he threw him off. And when he threw him off, he went up in the air and went under the horse, the horse stepped on him and uh, injured him. They didn't know at the time. And um, so uh, the family had called my daughter, and they said this was happening. Well, we were out of town. I was four hours away. I was on the other side of Houston. So as a mom, what do you want to do? I'll be right there. There was no being right there. And we were in the car, and my youngest was driving, and uh, I just looked at her, and we looked with both big eyes, and we pointed to a little uh, area right here get off the road right now. Put the car in park. Give me a hand. We needed to pray ASAP. And I didn't have an all flowery prayer. And it didn't matter that I was walking with the Lord for, uh, you seem like 120 years. And it doesn't matter that we were teaching children and whatever. Out of my spirit, I said, oh, God. Oh, my God. Lord. Lord Jesus. I remember. I remember the, the prayer. I, I, I feel like it was yesterday. And we took our, we joined hands and we began to pray and we stayed in the, oh my God, oh my God, oh Lord, oh Lord, hold on. You are our healer. You are provider. You are our defender. You are over all the enemies. You part of the Red Sea. And we just began to talk like that. And we began to talk with each other. We stayed there, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20 minutes until all of a sudden there was I felt God speak to me, and he said, I'm right here. You know, you don't need to shout or yell. I'm right here. I'm right here. Well, all of a sudden, it brought everything into perspective. I said, Lord, there's nothing we can do. And then I realized, she doesn't need me. She needs him. She, she doesn't need my presence. Well, that would help her. But she needs his presence. So we began to pray. We got back on the road. And uh, my youngest is a worshiper, too. So... We looked at each other. And I remember Kim Walker. She put it on the, and we were praising, and we were praising. We didn't stop. Forget. Thank God we had gas in the car. We had water. We, we didn't have to stop. Okay. We were going to Lafayette. We were coming to Lafayette. There was no getting off for anything. And for those four hours, I arraigned my thoughts in. Because you say, oh, well, you would be a mighty warrior. You would do good in that situation. You know what I thought? I'm going to be honest with you. I thought he, he could. We could lose him. He could be paralyzed. 
I don't know if the horse hit his head. He was unconscious. He, they couldn't move him. They knew that his injuries were to his chest and his, uh, for his arms. And we didn't know. And I thought, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And Lord, we speak health. We speak healing. We speak the provision of God. And then, and then we would turn the radio down or the, music uh, down and we would worship again, worship a, a song and we'd raise our hands. We'd be crying. We'd be crying in the presence of God. We thought, Lord, all I need is you. And he puts it, everything, when you're balanced, balanced, and you know that plumb line, God puts it in perspective. We had four hours of that. By the time we got home, by the time we got home, we were in a state of mind where we went, hold on, shut up, you little uh, uh, your little chihuahua behind a curtain, <laughs> shut your mouth, shut your mouth. He will be okay. He will leave. And you know what? He won't have any residual, uh, uh, problems because of it. So devil, you're a liar. God, you're, you're our healer. So we went on and on and on. When we got to, we got home, we were able to, um, meet with a, a family. They had to wait and, and uh, uh, do surgery. We were able to minister to my oldest daughter and I could see her face. When, when I saw her and I said, listen, and I remember holding her and saying, it's going to be all right. Mama, it's going to be all right. God is in control. You hear me, baby? God is in control. So then I thought of this song when they were singing it yesterday. Oh, I love that song. Raise a hallelujah. Those are the situations that you will encounter. Or you say, oh, I've had many stories like that. I know, me too. And as you live, you, you have opportunity to have more and more. But listen to the words. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. We were in the presence of an enemy trying to take the life of who was going to be my son-in-law. I raise a hallelujah, a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I can testify to that because my, my thoughts said, oh my gosh, a head injury. He could be paralyzed. So, oh, da, 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 da. We're talking about them getting engaged and, 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 and getting married. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody, a melody. So we began to sing and to praise and that song, songs permeated in my spirit so much that I remember holding her and singing that and just singing. I said, shh, listen, listen, listen. And it was very hard for her to reign it in. I mean, this was, this was the man that she loved. I raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for me. And I remember saying, Lord, you're fighting for him. We're interceding for him, but the Lord is going to come and fight for him. I'm going to sing in the middle of the, in the storm. That was the middle of the storm for that particular time for us. Louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises roar. Up from the ashen, hope will arise because we weren't even in Lafayette and I felt hope. Now, hold on. All right. It's going to be all right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And we were, we were talking to each other. Death is defeated. The king is alive. I raise a hallelujah with everything inside of me. I raise a hallelujah. I will watch the darkness flee. The, the, um, the facts on that situation, we had to put them underfoot in order to minister to not only her, but to his family. They're, they were, they're alive, uh, Bible believing people. And I could see the terror on their, on his mother, his father, his brothers. They transported him. They didn't know. They, they didn't know they were going to have to do CPR. They were talking to him. He, he didn't look good. 
I raise a hallelujah in the middle of the mystery. In the middle of the mystery is when you don't know what's happening. You don't know what's gonna, how it's going to end, but you're going to raise a hallelujah to the Lord anyway. I raise a hallelujah, and this is a, the last, um, the, the last uh, sentence. F- fear, you lost your hold on me. Because we got to a place where we said, I am not afraid. I am not afraid to walk into that hospital room. And I said, baby, can you wake up? Jason, can you hear me, baby? This is Miss Sarah. We're praying because God is with you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And we were able to pray with him. Now, let me tell you the outcome real quick. He has 16 pins in each arm and some plates in both of his arms. His wrist was, uh, both of his wrists were broken and he, his forearm was shattered. Today, he has no residual. You have to look for that scar on my son-in-law because you can't see it. He has full use of his hands, his wrists, and his forearms. And um, they thought the horse stepped on him and crushed his steel toe boot. And his chest was hurting. He couldn't breathe. They took a body scan of him and they said, the doctor came in. I heard him myself. I don't know how to tell you this, but now other than his arms, because he hit the ground with his arms, that was his, that was his, um, uh, you know, that was his landing, uh, uh, landing, um, landing pad. And, um, he had no head injury. He had a concussion and he was a little dizzy for a while. He was on cast for a long time and uh, he has such a great sense of humor. So we laugh about that. And, um, and uh, he, his, his back, everything. He walks around, and I say, tell them the story about the horse. And then he, he says, yeah, yeah. I, and I said, tell them the testimony of how God spared your life. And now they're, they're happily married, and I have the most beautiful grand baby girl you ever did see in your life. <laughs> but see, God's big picture. He says, go beyond that. Go beyond that. Okay? Let me watch our time here. 10.01, we have to hurry. Let's pray. We're going to close. Father God, help us to be awakened by the life of your word. Help us to be open to your Holy Spirit and in your discipline that we need every day in our lives. May everyone here this morning draw closer to you, learn from you, and arise to be a minister of your gospel in our workplace so that you can be activated in us as believers. I pray for each one here to be used mightily by you in their workplace, Lord, as a testimony of just how great you are. Amen. Well, I enjoyed being here with you, so I'm not going to keep you. It's 10.01. Y'all enjoy your break.